Welcome to Deep End with Ed Podcast. The Deep End. The Deep End. The Deep End. With Ed Robinson. The Deep End. The Deep End. On this episode, we're going to talk about caring for caregivers. This is the first of a two-part series where we're talking about caregivers. But before we jump into the deep end, I want to give you a lifeguard tower moment. Again, that is something that you can do for others. I want you to write this down. I want you to go to the website URM, short for Union Rescue Mission, .org. That's for the Los Angeles Union Rescue Mission. When you get there, I want you to hit the menu button and then go drop down to an area where it says get involved. Once you hit that button, you'll see six ways in which you can make a difference uh, for those who are struggling with homelessness. So again, go to urm.org, and then when you get there, I want you to hit the menu button and then drop down to the then get involved or get involved and see how you can make a difference in those individual ways in their lives. Six different ways in which you can do so. Welcome back. Our focus on this and the next episode is on caregivers. They are the unsung heroes and sheroes who find themselves thrust into the role of caregiving. Do you know that according to the uh, caregiver uh, organization uh, that there is there are nearly 15 million Americans who provide unpaid care to older adults? That's a lot of people when you think about that. 15 million individuals who are doing that and that is by the uh, National Institute on Aging. They did a survey a few years ago and they brought that out. And so it's a very serious and a very daunting task and you might find yourself in a situation where you are responsible for doing so. Let me share a quote from former First Lady of the United States, Rosalind Carter. She said, and I do quote, there are only four kinds of people in the world. Those who have been caregivers, those who are currently caregivers, those who will be caregivers, and those who will need caregivers, end quote. Such a very profound and prophetic uh, thought when it comes to that. And you know, when you think about caregiving, caregiving goes all the way back to the days in which Jesus walked here on the earth. Right before his crucifixion, he told his mother, he says, woman, behold thy son. Then he said to the disciple John, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, John took her unto his own house. Translated, Jesus wanted to make sure that his earthly mother Mary would be cared for even after his death. You know, today's caregivers could be uh, full or they could be part-time. They might be raising uh, children themselves. They might be a spouse. They might be a volunteer. They might uh, have other uh, commitments. And, you know, when you think about it, you know, becoming a caregiver, it can lead to frustration and exhaustion. And I talk to a lot of people who have gone that particular route and some of the things that they have dealt with has been very difficult. Additionally, the role, it doesn't come with a set of instructions or a job description or how to do physical therapy related activities when you have to pick someone up and move them around. 
There are a lot of tough things. So again, I would just want to encourage all of the caregivers who might be going through a host of things and some of the issues and some of the challenges and as well as some of the available resources that are out there for you. So if you know someone who is a caregiver or someone who is in the process of becoming a caregiver, even you yourself, you may have gone through it and you may not be aware of some of the nuances, some of the strategies, some of the tips, some of the resources that are out there. This is my aim on this episode as well as the next episode. And so on this one, again, I want to focus on Caregiver 101. And then on the next episode, we want to look at the emotions that are attached with being a caregiver. And so, you know, when you first, when you think about it, you know, it's easy to become overwhelmed as a new caregiver. And there are some basic tips that, you know, that one can really take uh, heed to. I want to give you this website already. It's called caregiver.org caregiver.org one word caregiver.org and they put out some very basic simple things that I just wanted to share with you one of the things that they tell you first and foremost is to identify yourself as a caregiver rather than someone who's just kind of show up every now and then and you know that this is your new role don't be afraid to identify yourself as a caregiver and then it's important to get a good diagnosis of the loved one or the individual with whom you're going to be helping it might be a medical specialist it might be a geri- geriatrician someone who deals with uh, uh elderly uh or aged individuals uh get information on that it doesn't and, and let me just suffice it to say caregiving does not only lies in the arena or the quadrant that's associated with elderly there are babies there are people in their mid uh, ages there are people all the way in their 80s 90s and so forth that needs help and then i think it's important also to learn what specific skills you might need to care for someone uh, who you're going to be taking care of. Once you find out what their particular uh, needs are, I think it's very important to be able to do so. It's important to also talk about finance and health care wishes. So if someone is at a point where, you know, that they, they, they may or may not, re- it looks like they're moreover, they may not recover. It's important to be able to know uh, what their financial expectations are, what their financial situations is, what uh, their health care uh, wishes are. Uh, do they have a, a legal paperwork? Do they have a power of attorney? Do they have any advanced directives? It's important to be able to do so. And then, you know, I, I was telling uh, uh, my wife earlier, there's a uh, Brazilian proverb that says, when you dream alone, it's just a dream. But when you dream together, it is the beginning of a new reality. And translated, it's hard when you go at it alone. So it's important to be able to bring in family and friends together to discuss some of the care and some of the needs and some of the ways in which an individual might be able uh, to help uh, you uh, with that situation. And then it's important to keep them up to date on the current situation. I know it's really hard. Uh, I, I know I might be speaking to someone as as a former pastor, as a human being, as a former leader in corporate America. I used to work with a, or talk with a lot of people who had caregiver needs. And some of the things, it was just, I mean, just undaunting. It was overwhelming. It was almost debilitating. And often those individuals were essentially going at it alone. And that's really tough. So I think it's important to not only let folks know, your family and friends know, here's the situation that I'm dealing with, but even give them current updates. I'm talking about individuals 
who are willing to come alongside you, not individuals who just want to know your business, but really uh, be able to let them know that. Identify resources, you know, uh, both that are personal and in the community. And I'm going to give you some, at the end of this uh, episode, I'm going to give you some resources that might be very uh, helpful to you as a caregiver or someone else you know who may be going through the process or struggling with it. Find support for yourself and your loved one. And just remember, you know, you are not alone. I know I know that that, that may be a, a sore spot for some folks because there are some people who have been going at it alone. So I think it's important, again, to be able to, you know, if, if this is your first step as a new uh, caregiver or you've just been thrust into it, these are some of the things that can possibly help you. You know, the old saying is to be forewarned is to be uh, uh, forearmed, you know, that you know this now that you know. And then the other thing that doesn't that I think that is very important, I, I have found I am not an expert. I am not a guru. I don't have it all together. I participated in caregiving for my own uh, beloved mother who uh, transitioned, passed away uh, some 13 years ago. So I'm not an expert at it, but there are some things that I've seen up close uh, that really do make a difference. So for instance, when you're on an airplane and the uh, staff tell you in the event of cabin pressure um, a decline, one of the first things that they tell you is to put on your mask first. And I know that's almost oxymoronic that really kind of doesn't resonate, especially when you are in the uh, caregiver game. But there are some things that, you know, when you when you look at uh, yourself introspectively inside, there are some things that you can consider. For instance, you know, uh, you're not perfect. No one is perfect. It's okay if you forgot, you know, to, to do a certain task at a certain time, don't beat yourself up uh, for that. Uh, you have a right to all of your emotions, you know, whether you're angry, sad, frustrated, irritated, bothered or whatever, uh, it's okay. And as I said, next week on the next, I'm sorry, the next episode, uh, we will talk about the emotional side of caregiving. And then the other thing that's very important to know is that depression is, is, com is a common emotion of long-term caregivers. So you may have been at this two years, five years, a year, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years or whatever. And one of the byproducts is depression. And so, you know, you have what is known as situational depression where you're in a situation and you're going through something and you just can't figure, you know, how come, you know, after it's all over, I don't want to I don't want to get out of the bed. I don't want to, you know, do anything. You just kind of want to just lay in your in your bed, in your room, keep the lights out. It's one of the side effects of long term caregiver. And so um, be, be mindful of this. It, it, it's it's kind of like just invalidation to let you know you're not crazy. You're not out of your mind or anything, but it's something that happens. I think that it's important also to learn about the disease and uh, what you can expect, you know, the illness. Let me just translate it that way. The illness that the loved one may, that you're caring for, and then what are some of the things you, you can expect? You can also want to know the skills, you know, that you need to care uh, for this individual, you know, which are the ones that, you know, that you may not be able to perform and where you may need some help. It might be from a family, a friend, or someone who can come by and lift that person up or do whatever the things that you need to do. 
uh, learn to say no, you know, on things that you cannot do. You know, boundaries are very important at such a time like that because it's really hard to know. But I've learned in life, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that sometimes it's just as spiritual, it is just as uh, powerful and impactful to say no. You know, you can't do everything and you should not be expected to do everything all the time. So it's okay to say no and don't have to feel guilty about saying no. I just want you to practice even right now, just saying no, no, no. You know, sometimes you have to rehearse things in your head uh, before, you know, you execute on it. And so don't let anyone make you feel bad uh, that when you do so. It's important also to uh, identify those button pushers or those stressors or those irritants that may get to you. What is it that really, you know, gets to you? You know, when they say this, when they do this or whatever, it really pushes my buttons. It really causes my stress level to rise. It really causes my anger to want to explode. I think it's important to know those things. So when they do occur, they don't throw you off. They don't bother you. Uh, it's important to also identify your coping skills. What are some of the things that I might struggle with and how do I uh, build those? How do I get a little stronger? How do I get uh, uh, to a point where I'm able to navigate and work around those things when individuals uh, don't treat us right. The other thing too, uh, that uh, I, as I was reading and researching this information that many of the uh, experts uh, point out is that it's important to remember uh, three things for successful coping. One is to eat right, you know, to eat good nutrition as opposed to just going to McDonald's and uh, going to Derwiner Schnitzel or going to Taco Bell or any of those type of things. It's important to eat good, healthy nutrition so you can get the strength, so you can have the energy to help you. And if you're an alcoholic, uh, if you drink alcohol, it's important to limit that. And any other drugs, especially over the counter, don't get to a point where you're abusing those type of things. So eating right is 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 very important. And then also exercising. You know, it, it, I know it can be very difficult uh, to when when you're dealing with that. But I noticed that you know when when I've been irritated. Uh, in my earlier lives, when I dealt with, you know, uh, uh, depression and, and just being downtrodden, whatever, I, I learned that when I exercise, even to this day, it just, it just is really good. It is, it is like an antidote. It is like medicine for the depression because you got those endorphins, they start to kick in. And the next thing you know, you know, it's like, okay, I'm doing all right. It might just be walking from the porch to the fence. It might be walking from the fence all the way to the corner and just walking back. It might be walking up one flight of stairs and, and back. At least you are moving. So get out and do something. So eating right, exercising, and then also sleeping. I know it's hard to get, you know, a full, you know, seven, eight, six hours of sleep, but it's essential that you do so and you know and just admit it you know when you're experiencing the burnout and the fatigue and the overwhelmness uh, it's okay to be able to let someone know uh, that you know that I'm really not not feeling uh, this I'm really not you know I'm overwhelmed I'm, I'm, I'm burnt out I really hope that I'm speaking to someone's heart that it will encourage someone on some of the things that need to uh, that one should do and then I noticed several of the uh, caregivers groups, uh, including the caregivers 
of California, as well as some from the USC family caregivers supporting others. Uh, they have this thing called uh, IRS. IRS. You know, it's, they call it the IRS um, uh, caregiver information. And so let me just go with what it, they're talking about. The I is for information. So the first thing, you know, when it comes to the caregiver, it can be a very challenging uh, situation, especially when you don't know enough. And so the first thing is to get informed about, you know, this person's uh, disability or illness that they may that you're dealing with. You know, it's important to understand, you know, their medications and any medical interventions that you might have to uh, deal with. Uh, as I said earlier, you know, what are some of the skill sets that you need to be able to care for uh, this person? You know, and if not, where can you get trained uh, for the tasks that you might need? And how can you learn to do uh, things successfully? You know, things such as giving someone a bath, so feeding someone, grooming or dressing someone, handling their uh, toileting, uh, handling uh, complicated medication schedules, and how to transfer uh, someone uh, to, to help, you know, with the work that you're doing. So these are some questions that I think that are very important for you to be able to ask, you know, how does uh, this illness progress and how will it affect the, uh, the care of the receiver's ability to take care of themselves? Uh, what are uh, some care needs now and what are likely to be some in the future? What are some of the physical limitations that uh, the care receiver has now or will have? And so those are some of the just top of the line things. Again, uh, they're talking about the IRS of caregiving. So the I again is for information. And then uh, the other thing too is that, you know, in, as it relates to information is what is their financial situation? You know, how much money, you know, will they have available and do they have enough money to, for the care things? What are their cognitives or uh, mental issues, things that they might be dealing with? Is there a financial power attorney that's in place? Does this person have any debts or any uh, constraints for using the money that's there? And then if you make decisions, what are some of the legal uh, matters that you should know? Do you, is there a medical power of attorney? Uh, does this person have a living will? Uh, and so, you know, do you have the you know, release information signed and filled uh, and so forth as it relates to the doctor. So that is, the, again, we're talking about at this time the IRS of caregiving. So the I is for, uh, for uh, information. And the R is for respite. You know, caregivers, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an unending 24-7 job for the most part. And everybody, anybody needs a break. Even Superman needed a break. Superwoman needs a break. You know, the Marvel heroes and so forth. Everybody in life needs a break. And sometimes it's kind of hard, you know, respite, R-E-S-P-I-T-E -E, just means taking a break, you know, that sometimes, you know, you need to just get away. And it might be, I just need to take a uh, go home and pay my bills. It might be taking a mini vacation somewhere for a few hours. It might be going to your doctor yourself and making sure that you have the things that you need uh, to, to do so. And I found in my research that there are sometimes funds available through what is known as an area agency on aging um, as well as other organizations. And I'll give you some of that information so don't, don't get overwhelmed with it. But they may have individuals, they may have some funds where individuals can come and give you a, a release so you can get away for 
a little while. Look at in the faith communities. It might be your church, your mosque, your temple, or somewhere where you may have individuals who are willing uh, to do that. Uh, there are a network of friends and individuals who possibly are able uh, to help you. So again, you know, when you first uh, are looking for a, a, a respite break, it, it may seem a little counterintuitive, you know, because, you know, you don't you don't want to leave your loved one behind. The loved one may not want to stay behind with some, someone else. You may have a fear, overwhelmness of something happening to them while you're uh, away, and you might even feel guilty. Did I make the right time to do this? But just know that you're only human, and it's okay for you to be able to get away. And so, again, we're talking about right now the IRS of caregiver, and so information is the I. Uh, respite is the aura and then the s is the support as i as i said and i'll just keep saying it over and over you cannot do this alone uh it is important to have the help uh to be able to you know ask for individuals to let them know just share with them what you're what you you're dealing with and you know one of the reasons that caregivers you know they don't get the help that they need uh is that you know, they feel like, you know, just 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 one more thing for me to do. Now I gotta go and get someone's phone number, I gotta get their schedule, I gotta get their name, I gotta do all of these things and sometimes it is it is it is important. It is it is uh it is okay. It is proper to be able to reach out to ask uh for someone. Uh but you know, again, I think that, you know, we all need, you know, to talk to someone and especially if there's someone, you know, who specializes in caregiver. And then there's a host of support groups. There are online communities. Again, I'll share that with you very shortly where you can talk to individuals and know that you are not going at it alone. And then you think about, you know, asking for help, you know, it just it just makes it that much more uh, uh, stressful, especially, you know, let's keep it real. Keep it 100. As they say, you know, you have some family members who can help and for whatever reason it might be striking a nerve might be stepping on someone's toes right now but you have uh, family members who can help and for the reason they they don't do so and let me just say this especially if it's a long-term illness slash or an anticipatory type of death where your loved one is very ill and it looks like they may not recover from this i am not making excuses for people not jumping in and please don't try to use this excuse but sometimes people don't know how to deal with that. And they're dealing with their grief even while the loved one is there. And so it's kind of complicated, you know, to be able uh, to do so. But I think it's important to be able to come together, bring family members together, even if you have to bring in a neutral, uh, interested party. It might be a pastor. It might be a priest. It might be someone else, you know, from the community, a mediator or whatever, and hold a family meeting to be able to talk about some of the things that's going on without any feelings uh, getting hurt. So again, it's okay to ask for help when you need it. It's important to be able to take care of yourself um, to make sure that you're well enough to take care of your of your loved one. And so again, caregiving is it is a it is a a, a very difficult situation and often as i said earlier uh, one of the verbs i used earlier people are thrust into it they are thrown into it you know you may have just retired from your job and now you're ready to go and jet set the world and see things and all of a sudden you know an aged parent or a loved one 
get sick or you might be in a situation where you know you just got promoted to this high level on your job or just a promotion in general and now you know a loved one a child or someone gets sick and you have to do all of these added expectations things that you weren't counted on i just want you to know if you don't get anything out of this episode that you do not have to go at it alone i know that uh, you know, society tells you, you know, you got to do is be able to reach out and to let someone know about the difficulty, the challenges, the issues that you might be dealing with. And so at this point, I want you to pull out a pen or a piece of paper, and I'm going to give you a couple of resources that perhaps can help you in your situation to know that you don't have to go at it alone. The first thing that I want you to do, this is the first organization that I want you to write down. So take out a piece of paper and a pen and write this down. The first one is Caregiver California. Caregiver California. And their website is one word. It is, well, it's www.caregiver, all one word, dot org. www.caregiver.org. They have a toll-free number. Their number is uh, 1-800-445-8106. Again, 800-445-8106. Now, let me explain what that is. This is an umbrella uh, for 11 uh, local caregiver support centers across California, Northern California, all the way down to Southern California. And all of the 88 counties that are there, they have it all divided. And there are 11 local caregiver support centers. And if you call them, they have a host of things. They have videos. They have live stream classes where you can go on and you can learn about various things. They have fact sheets that you may be dealing with. Uh, They have um, uh, funding resources that they can refer you to, uh, to the state and other places. So it's important, again, to be able to take advantage of that information. You know that old saying that ignorance is costly and it doesn't have to be that costly for you. So that's one. The other one that I want to uh, share with you, it's it's L.A. base, but it traverses just about anywhere. And you can at least start with them. But it is this USC, like the University of Southern California. It is the USC Family Caregiver Support Center. USC Family Caregiver Support Center. Their website is www.f like Frank, c like Charlie, s like Sam, c like Charlie, uh, g like girl, e Edward, r Randy, o.org. Let me say that. It is www.fcsgero.org. So the G-E-R-O is like short for gerontology. And their toll-free number is 1-800-540-4442. Let me say that again. 1-800-540-4442. And I, I really want to challenge someone to reach out to them, uh, to any one of these organizations, excuse me, uh, just to start, just to get a start. You know, there are blogs that they have. There are a host of things that they have that you can learn about resources, things, tips that can help you 
whether it's going through the holidays, whether it's self, why it's important to take care of yourself, and uh, just the whole thing. I mean, there, there's there's some great information uh, that that is there. And then you might be out there, and you might be interested even in support in starting a support group. Find out through these individuals who've already done it, and what are some of the things that you might want to consider. I am telling you, ladies and gentlemen, there is a whole uh, uh, wealth of information that's out there. There are people that are really struggling, that are really going through, and they're trying to figure this thing out, and they haven't really got it all together. And what are some of the issues and the challenges that uh, they're dealing with? And so I, I want you to have all of the information. And there's one final one. It's called the Family Caregiver Alliance. Family Caregiver Alliance. Their website is www. Um, oh, I gave you that already. So you already have that. So it's already connected with it. It's connected with the Caregiver of California. But anyway, call. Just check out those those places that I shared with you, and I I assure that uh, you know they they can be helpful to someone. And now uh, before I sign off this episode, I want to give you a coachable moment. A coachable moment. Something that you can do for yourself. So starting today, starting today, I want you to intentionally take out 10 to 15 minutes of your day to do you, to do something for you. That might be taking a walk. It might be doing a centering or meditating exercise. It might be planning a, a, a meal or eating something right uh, for you. I think it's important to be able to take care of yourself before you in a position to take care of others. So again, I thank you very much for uh, going with me on this ride as we talk about a very sensitive but a ground-swelling area of caregiving. That was caregiving, Caregiver uh, 101. And uh, in the next episode, on episode 19, we're planning to talk about the emotional side of caregiving and some of the strategies and the practical things that you can do. We thank you for joining us. I ask that you just continue to go to uh, Facebook and Instagram, subscribe to our page, uh, Deep In with Ed. Uh, we certainly would appreciate that. So I'm very grateful for, again, you tuning in uh, with us. And just remember that the Deep End with Ed podcast is a Beyond the Mask Conversations Productions. So again, I look forward to talking to you and connecting with you in the next episode. In the meantime, God bless you. May keep you.